Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So here's what I want you to write this morning. God says going to church on a regular basis is biblical and healthy. So let me challenge you. Is it your habit to go to church on a regular basis? If not, the reason you don't go isn't simply an excuse. Now, some things are fine. You're sick, getting out of town, okay. But lots of times we just simply make it up an excuse from all of this. These days, many Christians in America seem to look at church attendance as optional. The church around the world often meets despite many inconveniences, including the threat of arrest and torture. The book of Luke indicates that Jesus was in the habit of being in the synagogue every Sabbath. If we desire to follow Jesus' example, it's clear that we need to attend church regularly. Pastor Mark will be teaching about why church attendance is important, as well as continuing to show what Jesus, our example, did in living his life. He'll also be covering what the good news of the gospel is and how it relates to us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke with his message, God wants to provide for us and through us. Well, we're studying the life of Jesus. Make sure as we do this, the book of Luke, that you put yourself into it. And as we see that today, Jesus, well, he's back in his hometown in the north of Israel, the town called Nazareth. He'd been raised there, worked there under his father, a carpenter, 30 years. When Jesus goes back after this period of time down in the south, He sees a new sign as he walks into Nazareth. Here's what the sign was as he walked into Nazareth. Welcome to Nazareth, the hometown of Jesus the Messiah. Wow, what a great introduction. What amazing home welcome. The flag is out, the carpet's down. Here he is. Maybe not. How is that town going to react to Jesus? Well, that's what we're going to see today. So put yourself right in the middle of all of that. We begin in Luke chapter 4, verse 13. Here we go. When the devil had finished this tempting, all of it, he left him until an opportune time. Now, between verse 13 and 14 in Luke, there's a gap of about one year. As you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all wrote their kind of synopsis of Jesus' ministry. Everyone had a different focus. Matthew wrote mostly to the Jews. Luke kind of leaves this one period out. And if you want to find out what happened in that 
period between verse 13 and 14, you go to John chapter 2 to 4. That kind of fills in the gaps. But Luke just wants to get on to some of the major keys, and here he does in verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee. Now, that's in the north of Israel. He'd been down there in the south in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Everybody, he was like the talk of the town everywhere. Down in the north, I mean, down in the south, all the way up to the north. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. So Jesus, when he begins ministry, of course, his teaching is amazing. Miracles are happening. People's lives are being changed. He heads up north to Galilee. He goes to Capernaum, which eventually will be the headquarters. He does a bunch of miracles there. And the reaction to Jesus is very positive. It's fantastic. Verse 16. And he went to Nazareth, a little town in the north, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, the Saturday for the Jews, he went into the synagogue. I want you to circle these words in your Bible. As was his custom. Jesus goes back home to where he'd grown up. When Saturday came, Jesus didn't have any question. He did what was a habit. He'd done it his whole life. Jesus went to the synagogue. Every single Sabbath, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. He went on a regular basis. Now, remember, we're studying the book of Luke, and we're looking at Jesus. So what we see here, I want you to remind the neighbor next to you, Jesus is our role model. So just turn to your neighbor. Our role model is Jesus. Well, what are we learning? Every weekend, where was Jesus? Tell me. In the synagogue. For us, every weekend, where would Jesus be? In church. How many weekends a month would Jesus be there? Everyone. Hmm. That's the end of the sermon. I'll see you next week. No, there's some interesting things. We have to learn from this today. You see, Jesus knew that going to church as a habit was biblical and healthy. Later on, the Apostle Paul writes to the church. What you're going to read is written 2,000 years ago because it had started to dwindle because of all kinds of reasons. Look what Paul writes to the church. And let us not neglect our meeting together in church as some people do. So what was happening in those days? People sometimes just didn't go to church. They'd Go to church every other week or every third week or whatever. Don't, don't do that, the Apostle Paul says. But encourage one another, especially now, as the day of his returning, as the second coming of Jesus come, is drawing near. So here's what I want you to write this morning. God says going to church on a regular basis is biblical and healthy. So let me challenge you. Is it your habit to go to church on a regular basis? If not, the reason you don't go isn't simply an excuse. Now, some things are fine. You're sick, you're out of town, okay. But lots of times, we just simply make it up an excuse of all of this. 
So let's be honest. An excuse is simply an excuse. It's very important that you're here. God set the church to be a place where we learn. And so it should be every weekend. Now, I want you to do something this morning. This shouldn't surprise you, but you have to understand something. Last weekend was Easter. Does it look any different to you, even in this service today, than it did last weekend? Yeah, last weekend you couldn't find what? You couldn't find a seat. Every single church in the world, except overseas and stuff, in America, every single church looks just like this this morning. Now, why is that? Because it's not important to lots of people. It needs to be different to us. Can I hear an amen? And you guys are doing good. It needs to be different. Let me share you one other thing. Not only for you, but what are we teaching our children? Well, it's like an option. If I can make it, I make it. If not, no big deal. It is a big deal. Now, we're not asking when you come in, you know, nobody stamps your hand, you get four stars, and you get a free coffee. Nobody does that. But it's important. It's healthy. Now, I want to read you something, because this is a God thing. I was watching Sanjay Gupta. How many know him? A medical doctor on CNN. Really good stuff. He was talking to this guy. They've got these blue zones in the world where people live really old. They're healthy, and they're old. And it's called living longer, living better. And... uh, the average, if you were born today, the average expectancy, life expectancy in the United States is about 78. But this year, 70,000 Americans will reach 100. Amazing. So they go through all of this stuff, and, and they came up with these nine points. I'm going to bring some of these points to you over time. Uh, two or three of them were like from the Bible. I couldn't believe it. And uh, he was actually interviewing, the first guy's interviewing is a, is a surgeon, a heart surgeon that's 100 years old. And he stopped doing surgery five years ago. 95, he's doing surgery. I'm thinking, I'll take a 42-year-old, please. I mean, <laughs> but his hand was just like this. Amazing. And then they went to Costa Rica, and there's this little old lady. She's 105. And she's sharp as a tack. And I'm thinking, Jesus, help me. And they said to her, what? How did you, what did you eat? What did you do? And she said, well, the meat we ate came from our farm. We didn't inject it with those kind of things. I'm thinking, 105, and she knows about hormone injections in Costa Rica? And so they went to and gave nine keys to live along. Let me read you one of the keys. It's number seven. Here's what it was. Worldwide, this is known. They're doing it in California now in a city putting these nine points in. Here's point number seven. Belong. Research shows that attending church, faith-based services, four times a month. Four (laughs) times a month. Adds four to 14 years to your life expectancy. Hallelujah. What about two times a month? You're going to die early. What about one time? Get your funeral planned before you leave this morning. Four. You say, Pastor Mark, that's like weird. No, that's biblical. Is that amazing? Is that amazing? So as, as you think about this, you, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what should I do? Well, you have to make a commitment. Now, watching online is fantastic. 
And we do this for thousands of people around the world. Lots of people are leaving now. They're heading north because they come for the winter. And so they'll watch all summer. We love it. Lots of people get sick. They can't come or whatever. Can I just say this to you? We love the internet. We want you to be it. Thank you for being there watching it because we all have. When Lynn and I go to mission trips, we watch the service obviously online. So it's a great thing. The guys, the team does a great deal. But when you can, the better place to be is here live. Worship is different here. Family is different here. Doesn't mean all you guys watching this morning is fantastic. But we need to be in the house of the Lord learning together. So our role model is who? Jesus. It wasn't a no-brainer for him. He just absolutely went. He didn't even think about it. Now, when he gets to the synagogue... What's going to happen? Look at verse 16. And he stood up to read. Now, what's he going to read? He's not going to read the New Testament. All they have is the Old Testament. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. So, again, the Old Testament and the New Testament, by the time we're here today, they're connected. Most of the Old Testament prophecies and predictions of Jesus are fulfilled in the New Testament, the pages of the New Testament. Now, it was a customary thing. They went through worship. They did all kinds of things just like we do. But it was customary for the guests, maybe that was there, a person that had the gift of teaching, uh, to, to walk up, be invited to open the scripture and give a short teaching. So Jesus was there. He was given the honor of reading the scroll and then teaching. So he opens it to Isaiah And what you're going to read in a moment is a prophecy of the Old Testament written 700 years before Jesus reads it. It was a prediction of the coming of the Messiah. Now look at me. Every Jewish person knew that the Messiah was coming. They were looking for the Messiah. It was the promise that the Messiah would come and bring peace. They were looking for that. So Jesus gets up. And he reads this prophecy. So what did it look like in in Isaiah 61? It's the same as you're going to read here, basically. Look at verse 18. Here's what Jesus reads. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. And now he's going to tell what the ministry of the Messiah would be. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. That's physical and spiritual. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners. That would be spiritual. And recovery of sight for the blind. The Messiah would heal physically blind people, but spiritually blind people. And to release the oppressed, bring freedom to those that were oppressed. And verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant, and watch what Jesus does. At the end of the reading, he sits down. One of these weeks, I'm going to do that. You see, back in those days, after the scripture was read, now it's going to come the application. The, the person sat down, and the congregation stood up. Wait, I won't tell you what week it is. You're going to stand for a whole hour while I sit down, baby, and just teach you guys. It's going to be great. Well, so Jesus sits down, and he's going to teach this amazing application. Now, remember, a sermon without application is useless. If you leave today, and you get nothing, you walk out the door and go like, 
Well, like that was pretty cool, but what am I supposed to do with that? Then I failed. Everything that I work toward is the correct interpretation of the scripture, but how to apply it in your life. That's why I give you these points. Verse 21. What's his application going to be? Look at me just for a second. We don't know how long his application was. All we get is one sentence. But it's the most powerful sentence those people will ever hear. They just get one sentence from Jesus. He could have gone on. He could have explained it more. We don't really know. All we get is one sentence. Look at verse 21. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, you could have heard a pin drop. These Jewish people were shocked. What was he saying? This is fulfilled? What does he mean by that? Here's what I want you to write down. They understood it. This is what Jesus was saying. Take a look at this. Jesus is saying, number one, I am. When you see I am through the Old Testament, it's always God. I am God, the Messiah, and I've been sent to meet your needs. In other words, I'm here. That which was predicted 700 years ago, I am him. And I've come from God to minister to your needs. He is then going to outline, I just read you, what his ministry goals look like. And Understand why Jesus came. Why do people have needs? People have needs because of sin. See, when Adam and Eve were created, God didn't say to them, well, what needs do you have? They weren't broken. They didn't have depression. They weren't imprisoned. They weren't sick. They didn't need to be touched and healed. They didn't need to be encouraged. They were perfect until sin came. And when sin came... Needs came. All kinds of needs. You're here today. We're human. You're going to see rejection. You're going to see hurt. You're going to see depression. You're going to see oppression. You're going to see all kinds of blindness. We don't get it. You understand that's the world we live in. So that's why God sent. You see, when Satan and sin came, hurts, needs, bondages, brokenness, spiritual blindness, physical distress just swamps our world. Why do you think we're doing the Serene Harbor? Because that's a safe home for women who have been abused and their children. We can't tell you where it is. It's a hidden place. Now, why are they there? Because sin has destroyed the home. And we're going to care for them. Is that a good thing? See, we do what Jesus would do. That's why one can, once a month we do. These kids don't, in in our community, many of our kids, on a weekend, there's no food for them. That's amazing, isn't it? And so Jesus knew this, and he's outlining the ministry. I want you to write this morning what that looks like. It all starts with good news. So here's, write this down. This is what Jesus is still doing today. Number one, good news. Forgive people of their sins. See, preach the good news. The good news is that anyone can be forgiven and cleansed from their sins. That's what we saw last week. If we had the guys in the prison, where well over 300 people's lives were changed. Why? One main reason, because their sins have been forgiven, cleansed. By the way, the church is the only one that has good news. You can put any channel you want on. There's no channel with good news all the time. Jesus Christ is the only church that has good news. Could I hear an amen right there? We have it. We have it. We have it. 
That's why you need to be in church to understand that. Now, Jesus didn't come, though, just to forgive people. The greatest need is spiritual. Can't get to heaven. But he didn't come just to save people, to get them to heaven. He came, as John 10 says, to give us abundant life. Now, if I'm going to have abundant life, I have to learn how to handle my sin. And I have to learn how to handle the hurts of life. I'd like to say to you this morning that once you become a Christian, there's no more hurts. (laughs) You've been a Christian a week, you already know different, don't you? By the way, that will be a video. Because some people are going to say, now that I'm a Christian, is everything going to go perfect in my life? Can you say to them, no. So we deal with hurts and rejection and people hurting us, stabbing us in the back, all kinds of, we deal with it every day. So how is that going to work in my life? I have to learn to allow Jesus to minister to me. Now, what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. Look at the second. Good news. Heal broken hearts. Sin breaks hearts, and sin shatters lives. Guaranteed this morning, you know a family where sin shattered the family. Kids are affected. The next generation is affected. You saw Christina's video last week. Where did that plunge into sin start? A divorce in the home. What causes that? Sin in the hearts of people. Now, God can heal that. Remember, I talked about the woman with adultery. Sin, habits. So, all around us every day, there are people with broken hearts. We're the only place that can say to them, you know what? God can heal your broken heart emotionally. See, Jesus didn't come just to touch us spiritually. He came to touch us physically and emotionally. That's who we are. Body, soul, spirit. And this is the ministry that Jesus has in us and through us. Next, good news. Open spiritually blinded eyes to the truth. Jesus fulfilled this physically. He healed blind people and spiritually. The Bible tells us that Satan blinds spiritual eyes in the unbelievers so they don't understand the Bible. They don't understand. And last week, guaranteed, there were people who heard the message crystal clear from God, but it went right over their head because their eyes are blinded. Well, I, I'm a good person. I don't, what do you mean good people don't go to heaven? You're crazy. I'm fine. Well, how did that happen? Because Satan has blinded their eyes. Do you remember what when God touched Saul, who became Paul, what was one of his missions? What did he say? I'm sending you to open blinded eyes. Now, how does blinded eyes get open? I can't open any blind eye. You can't open. God does. And what's he do? When it opens, the Bible comes alive. In today's message, we learned that Jesus' coming was good news for us because it offered the opportunity for us to be free from the bondage of sin. Pastor Mark reminded us that we can be forgiven of our sins, that broken hearts can be healed, and that we can have fellowship with God again. We also learned that as Christ followers, we are the mouth, hands, and feet of Jesus. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. 
Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com, click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Pastor Mark's next message will be continuing Jesus' declaration that He is the long-awaited Messiah, come to set the captives of sin free. We will also learn about the ramifications of trying to right the wrongs that result from sin as well as how to access the abundant life Jesus promised. We also will realize that Jesus' followers are to carry on the work He began wherever we are. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.